Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. And today, Carrie and I are really excited to talk to you a little bit about growing your program. Uh, we realize that probably your last six months haven't gone the way you thought they were going to go. So... <laughs> So we thought we would take this time to talk to you a little bit. We know that we've talked to you a lot the last few weeks about hiring and firing and all of our fun little stories about getting people to quit. And so uh, today we're going to talk to you a little bit about how you can right now at this moment um, grow the capacity of your program. And Carrie, tell me a little bit about uh, kind of like what you think that means or what that means to you and the directors you talk to, you talk to 20 directors a week at least, what are they saying to you? Okay, so I've talked to directors who have gone all the way back to like 80% of their pre-COVID, um, and they've done that by just continuing to be in communication with parents and doing virtual tours. And I've also talked to a lot of programs that are on purpose keeping their numbers low because they want to keep uh, infection numbers down. Um, and what I'm hearing from them as far as what they need to grow is they need ways to increase revenue for those programs that either their community is not ready to come back to the center or who they're keeping their numbers low because they and their staff are concerned about spread. So they need other ways to bring in revenue so that they can continue to pay those staff and they can pay the rent and all of those fun and exciting things. Um, there are so many different ways to do that, though. I don't want to give 500 options because then people will think they need to do all 500. Oh, that is so true. I mean, so I get the biggest chuckle out of talking to a director um, about growing their program. And a lot of times when I work with directors about growing their program, I'm often talking specifically about marketing and long-term big picture plans. And I love the fact that you currently are, are talking directors. You often talk to directors, not necessarily just currently, but, <laughs> but that you're like, you're engaging with directors right now to not only see what, what, what Texas director can do for them, um, but also what, what coaching services and other resources that, that we may know that not every small business knows is available. So uh, today, as we talk a little bit about some of the different um, ways uh, programs can, can, can build their capacity, um, there's definitely a component of even a little field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. So um, you were telling me earlier about some of the programs who were um, using the standard PBS and and, and I shared with you the story and, and, and we'll make sure that we post this meme um, on our, our Facebook and Instagram and, and on the website so you guys can find it because it was great. And it was talking about how, you know, PBS has been offering virtual learning for 50 years and it had pictures of Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross and LeVar Burton. And I just went, that is so true. I mean, as a kid, those were the people who, <laughs> who taught me, you know, the daily everything, maybe not Bob Ross because I did not paint. <laughs> but... Yeah, but it was, I think even for those of us who were not creative, Bob Ross was a fun thing that we would come across occasionally to for him 
to say, this is your world, you can make it what you want, and mistakes are okay. I think even for those of us who were not painting along with them, Bob Ross had a lot to teach us. There are programs that are getting paid every month by parents who are not coming into the center. And they're doing it using PBS in part, but also um, having teachers who don't feel comfortable coming back to the school or who you can't afford to pay full time or whatever, for whatever reason. They've got staff who are not on site who are doing virtual preschool and some of them are sending out physical packets you know here's the box of legos here's the lincoln logs here's um the watercolor paint whatever they're sending them others it's all virtual and every week they're having touch points with those center with those parents sorry those centers are having those touch points with those parents and yeah they're not paying the 800 a month but they're paying something and more importantly really is that they're staying loyal and engaged to your center because how do I put this uh if you don't love them somebody else will oh, that is, <laughs> yeah. so such a great statement and especially from developing customer loyalty we've talked um in the past uh, and, and other programs and presentations that we give, we talk about raving fans and there's a whole series of books on raving fans. And so this is definitely a way to um, meet the needs of your parents. So as, a, as an owner, as a director, hopefully you have not um, totally forgotten uh, some real basic things like periodically doing um, surveys of your parents and, and, and surveying the community. Yeah. Uh, what kind of competition do you, what, do, what is your competition doing? What are the other programs in your community doing? I mean, if you've got four programs doing virtual preschool, uh, you may need to figure out what you can do that makes yours different. Maybe yours is now bilingual. Um, oh, <laughs> so when we're talking virtual preschool, please, please, please um, do some do some technology checks. Um, double check the the angles of your cameras. Uh, <laughs> double check the up the nose <laughs> shot. Oh my god, I hate the up the nose shot. I've seen several centers doing like taping their circle time, and they put the camera such that it is shooting straight up into the teacher's nostrils, guys. Which may be which may be exactly what a kid sees. I mean, let's all think about you know the whole world. Every kid sees you from you know three feet shorter than you are, so they're used to looking at that. <laughs> I get it, but the parents aren't, and the parents are the ones paying you. Okay, so exactly. So buying a tripod, it's like fifteen bucks if you get a nice one. You can get a cheap one for less than ten dollars, and you can get a really nice one for a hundred. You don't need that. But uh. but even but but even the twenty dollar ones come with remote controls. So um, so definitely look at your op options. I'm I, I love Amazon Prime. Don't get me wrong, but definitely call your local camera shop and, and your local stores to support them if you can. Tell them what you need. Tell them what you're looking for. Tell them your price range and and, and give them the challenge to come up with what's best. So definitely take that virtual uh, technology tour. <laughs> right, but. 
what about the parents who, you know, their whole thing is that they want their kids to be on the screen less. So how can you do virtual uh, preschool or a virtual toddler school without them being on the screen? And you do it with those sending them a package every week, either a, you know, digital package that has activities and it's 20 activities to do with your three-year-old this week, um, or a physical package that has it the same 20 things and it also gives you the play-doh and the temper paint absolutely you know those are two different price points but you can and you can offer both you know you it doesn't have to be a screen it doesn't have to be a teacher with the camera looking up their nostrils right there's a reason why subscription boxes are a thing and um, we've definitely seen subscription boxes increase as far as the diversity and the variety of them that have um, increased in the last um, six months and so you know again other options that you have is maybe you don't have the time to curate and create your own subscription box maybe one of the things that you do is you subscribe to them and you do some review videos for your parents just again trying to offer something for your parents so they don't have to have be the ones or maybe find out who's already is and get them to do the reviews that would be even better I like that one sorry I'm talking to myself (laughs) but you also have things like you could do your scholastic book club bring that back scholastic book club time for kids um there's a a younger version than time for kids um there's ranger rick that you can get school subscriptions which are way cheaper than the parents can get them and so you get 20 copies of them and you send them out in these um preschool at home packets and i gotta say this was not something we brainstormed but i gotta say this is definitely a thing that i would do if you have any bandwidth to do it or if you have teenagers who are driving you crazy or who are driving your teachers crazy, I feel like this is a really good idea. Um, subscription, bo- weekly subscription boxes for preschool parents who are stuck at home. Well, so my favorite part, um, because of who we're talking to right now, so I'm sure some of you are familiar with who Ranger Rick is and the National Wildlife Federation. And one of my favorite things, and I did this with my now 16-year-old when she was a toddler, is the Ranger Rick Cub program. And so these are more like picture books. Uh, They're a little thicker than the magazine, but they still come every month. So um, yeah, definitely. Um, So there are still um, middle school and high school kids in your community who are probably doing some sort of virtual learning or part-time school who the parents might need something for them to do to be productive. Or they may need some volunteer service hours. This doesn't necessarily have to be something you have to pay to have done. If you are a a director who really likes to buy things when they're on sale, and so as a result, you've got a cupboard full of supplies, this is a great way to still use those supplies. But again, remember, a lot of it's about the process. So if you needed, um, you know, we're in fall and you wanted people to have orange Uh, construction paper because they're going to make pumpkins um, or leaves. Uh, Don't cut out the pumpkins or leaves. Just include the whole sheet of orange paper. Uh, So I 
I think I'm also going to suggest that you don't mail them to the parents' houses because that's an expense. That is a huge expense. But instead, have a pickup day, sort of like the community-supported agriculture boxes. <laughs> so yep. like on Sunday afternoon, people can come by and pick up their preschool in a box from your center. And that gets them in the habit of coming to your center. So that when they're comfortable, they will know how to get there and they'll feel comfortable doing it. Absolutely. And again, this is another one of those things that find out what what are the needs of your community and are there resources. So Carrie talked about community supported agriculture, but just the food in general. So if you have um, a population of families where food or healthy snacks uh, may not be something that's readily available all the time, um, do some research in your community and find out what organizations support the equivalent of Backpack for Kids, uh, because a lot of times those organizations also have um, opportunities for the, the preschoolers and, and younger siblings of those Backpack for Kids kids. So, um, you know, be that, be as, as much of a value to your parents as possible. So, um, but we're also talking about you using your resources wisely, uh, and that includes your time and your dollars. So, Using those resources to generate more revenue for your program. Yeah. So when we talk about revenue and we've given you an opportunity to go virtual, uh, we've talked to you about some ideas about going what I would call more distance education. And that is the the, the school in a box or pickup or basically it's not necessarily technology based. Um you know, the other thing is just getting your program outside. And we have a whole episode on outdoor school, uh, but we really just want to remind you that um, if you've got an outdoor playground, think about what it might cost you to, to maybe put some more sun sails up um, to incorporate some of your regular programming outside. Uh, again, getting those kids outside, fresh air, we're starting to get into not 100 degree weather. Um, yes, it is a dress for the weather. So that is something you need to communicate with parents. And if that means that parents need to leave some sweatshirts and, and, and you need a, a stockpile of, of rainy weather boots and gear, that's okay. Um, and we've got a, we, we got a whole episode on that and that's, you know, training the parents on what to bring back to school. <laughs> I liked that episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think another thing when we're talking about your physical space is I've gone to centers where they're on three acres of land and they've got one building that is 1500 square feet and the rest of it is parking and playground and unused space. So I'm going to say this is an opportunity to look at, do you put another structure in that three acres? So, so talk, so let's, 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 let's jump on that real quick. So when we start talking about other structures, it can be something like a portable, but what would you do? I mean, would, would that just be like a school agers room or a summer camp room? What would you, what are some other things you could do with a separate building or a portable on your property? So, I mean, you can definitely have it as the school age space so that they take their loudness outside of your building. <laughs> I've also known programs where that's where they keep uh, the infants and toddlers so that there's not as much cross-contamination and their infants and toddlers don't get sick as much. But I think what, from a growing your business and taking it to a different paradigm, a whole different revenue stream is using it for drop-in care for those kids whose parents just need four hours of peace and quiet. <laughs> Or for those kids who are too sick to be 
I don't know. They're just under the weather. They've got a cold, but they don't really need to be at home, right? Um, the parents are like, look, I could send them to school, but if they spike a fever, the, the school's going to just call me. and It's going to interrupt my day. But if they, if your state has this available, it's a get well program. So Texas has it. Um, I know Florida has it. I know some other states have it. It's a different type of licensure or a subset of licensure where kids who are slightly sick but not really sick can be cared for. And you can charge a premium for that because you're having people in there giving a higher level of care because a sick child is a cranky child um, and they have lower ratios and they may have some medical training. Um, And I think if you can get an LVN in there, uh, a licensed vocational nurse, so they have good training on medication dispensement um, and they run that program, uh, I think that that is an amazing opportunity. Um, again, depends on your state. I know Texas has it. I know where, you know, that Florida has it. Um, but either regular drop-in or sick care. What are your thoughts on that, Kate? I'm kind of monopolizing the conversation here. It wasn't a conversation. That was a spiel. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm good with soapboxes. We all know that I do that. So, um, I remember when Get Well programs became a trend, and this was really something um, specifically for, uh, you know, dual income, you know, t- dual families that were both working. And, you know, taking that day off when you have a sixth kid was a really big deal. And you didn't have a lot of nannies, and it wasn't something everybody had, or, you know, you knew a neighbor who had a nanny. Um, so I really like um, at least working with a community. And so this is where childcare centers get to learn to have communication with each other. So one of the things that's really interesting is working together as a childcare community and having conversations and letting other childcare center, childcare centers know that this program is available and that it is designed as a a one-off or drop-off. And it's not something that you're trying to steal their clients. Um, You're providing a service to all of the families in your community. And so it really does open the door for you to be that resource for everybody. But I want to talk real quick. You talked about land, you've talked about extra buildings, but you know, right now seems, um, I know that not every program is going to be able to be real successful right now. And some of them it's, it's there. This has kind of been the straw that's um, allowed them to go. Okay. I've been talking about retiring for a couple of years. Now's the time. Um, because they just maybe don't have the energy of passion because this is a very stressful time for everybody and business owners all over the country, regardless of your industry, are truly feeling the impact. Some have been able to pivot and shift and they're able to continue to do something. Um, some have even grown and flourished because the pivot and shift was definitely something their community needed. But so as a result, I think we're going to see a lot more, um, facilities, either the facility itself being available for sale or equipment being available. I have seen, I've seen a huge uptick in my childcare uh, items for sale groups on 
uh, Facebook, like entire centers worth of stuff. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. So, I mean, for, so some of these programs are retiring because their leases are just done, right? So this is not a time they want to go ahead and extend a longer lease. Uh, for some of them, their own personal health, their family's health, um, or they've just been doing it for a long time and they realize it's a good time to retire. Um, so if you are, and I am going to, str- I cannot stress this enough. If you've got um, at least the six months savings in a bank to operate a second, third, or fourth location, um, I think right now would be a good time to start processing that 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 possibility. Um, just because you can afford to make any payments uh, on a building or even a rent, um, make sure you've got six months operating budget in a reserve as well. I mean, what are your thoughts, Carrie? Do you think that people should be thinking to expand that way right now? I think that if you've come through um, the COVID craziest times so far, <laughs> I'm not going to say <clears throat> definitely the craziest times, but We've had some crazy times with COVID. And if you've come through it and your bank accounts are in good shape and your business structure is in good shape, I think it's time to write a business plan and go talk to your banker. Um, And again, I want you to not be undercapitalized. I want you to have plenty of money to support this. But part of what the federal government has done is they have relaxed the lending requirements for new startup businesses because they're trying to jumpstart the economy. So if it's a good business plan and you're concerned, I think now is a good time to look at it because your interest rates are going to be lower than they've been in years. And those banks are more able to get you the SBA money than they maybe would have been, you know, a year ago. Okay, so I totally screwed up and I did not have us do a mid-roll. So I'm going to say, let's put this kind of at the end. So I, <laughs> so Carrie, what is your fun fact for the week? And what are some things that we can do uh, that we might be have some fun with in the next couple of weeks in our program? So the 11th is face your fears day. If opening Ooh. another center is terrifying to you, if going to add this other program, which is the preschool at home or adding sick care or, you know, adding another layer of service to your business makes you scared. The 11th is the day to face it. Well, I hope that you acknowledge that yourself on 1016, which is boss's day. So um, put that on your own calendar um, because we really want you to give yourself, um, even if all you're doing is buying yourself a cup of coffee, um, it's not a day that you want to make sure that all your staff know because it's not really the goal is not here is to get all your staff to bring you cake. However, if you want cake, you know, let them know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so with that, we are going to conclude today's topic. And I'm pretty sure we're going to touch on some other very similar topics um, in a couple of weeks. Um, next week, we're going to start to explore a, a two-week session on all about monkeys and uh then we've got some more stuff planned for you for the end of the year we're excited and thank you for joining us on colorful clipboard thank you for listening to colorful clipboards connect with us on social media at colorful clipboard or send us an email to hello at colorful clipboards send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories if you want to keep learning with us visit texas director where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young, with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. 
If you learned something today, share the show. <laughs>